Welcome to the HU Pirateship Podcast. This is week three of the podcast. Uh, you can find us at uh, www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. It's free and anyone can join. Verified pirates are treated to, inf- to inside information about HU and HU Athletics. I'm your host, Tariq, a.k.a. Big Reef from the HU Pirateship website. And I'm an HU uh, 2000 alum. Uh, we also have Hampton Knight. Uh, from the HU Pirate Ship. What's up, Ham, tonight? Hi, Dan. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm happy about the win uh, from last week, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. It's still fresh in my mind. Um, <laughs> yep. So on this uh, podcast, we'll talk about the past game and talk about the upcoming game and some other MEAC notes. Um, uh, so general, of course, this past week was the Battle of the Real HU. Of course, the HU won the game. Um, you know, it was... Uh, Got a little dicey in the second half, but I think we pulled together and, uh, you know, put together a good closeout finally to finish the game uh, going away. Uh, Unfortunately, I couldn't make it up to D.C. this week, but I did meet up with some uh, pirates down here in North Carolina, the Raleigh alumni group, to uh, catch the game. So we all sat around and watched it on ESPNU. But uh, Hamptonite was lucky enough to actually make it to the game at RFK. So from all accounts, it was pretty festive no matter what side you were pulling for so let's let uh hampton talk hampton i talk a little bit about the game and the atmosphere and all the other shenanigans going on at rfk this week <laughs> well rick i uh got to the game at least about 45 minutes before the game started and from what i saw outside of the stadium was pretty festive uh there were a lot of alums in the area and you could see a lot of students too and it's, I just felt the overall feeling that this is back. This is big, and it's back. And I remember Hampton and Howard both canceled the series for the home-and-home home series, and they used to play in the first game of the year. And those games were pretty festive on each uh, campus. Then they moved it to the last game of the year during the cold weather, and if the teams were terrible, nobody would come out. That's right. But – yeah, but so since it's back here at RFK, uh, it brought a lot of on nostalgia on, and a lot of people just showed up. Uh, I, I had to, I noticed that the Hampton side was a lot more cheerful than the Howard side. I do think I do take into account that they did lose two games before they played Hampton, so I think that went into it. Uh, but yeah, by all accounts, it was. Pro- it was probably one of the best atmospheres I've experienced in the last year or so. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that's that's uh, two, a man and woman. Everyone had the same same account. So if they have it again next year, I'm definitely going to try and make it up there. And, and it helped again that we won the game. So that, that makes it all the more festive. So good, good stuff. So we'll go into some little more details uh, in a couple minutes and talk about, you know, some of the finer points of the game. Um, but, you know, I think uh, after week three of watching any team, you get a good idea of what a team is about and what they're trying to do, some of their holes and shortcomings. I mean, certainly you can improve in any facet of the game as the season moves on, but I think after three games you kind of know um, what your team is about, especially Hampton because we haven't paid, paid, played any of those beatdown games. So we've played a top-tier uh, FCS uh, school. We played – you know, a D2 school, and we played a, you know, below average, uh, you know, MEAC school. So, I mean, I think we've seen everything that kind of Hampton has to offer. I think, you know, Howard and maybe like Norfolk State that, that are coming up next, this week, 
it's a little bit harder to gauge, um, you know, what they do and what they don't do well because they played all these FCS, FBS schools. But I think for Hampton, I, I have a pretty good idea of, of what they do and don't do well uh, this year. Um, so I just want to talk about some of those things, and, you know, Hampton Hampton and I can weigh in and add some things um, to that list. So I'll go through my list of my overall impressions of the Pirates so far this year. Um, the passing game could go down to be, you know, as one of the best in recent memory uh, by the end of the season. Um, you know, this, I mean, they're converting at about 55% uh, third down uh, attempts or completions. Um, that's because Watford is so uh, accurate. I mean, we know the run game hasn't been, uh, you know, prolific or, or efficient at times, but the passing game, when they want to make that work, it can work. And I think it's only going to get better as the year goes on. So, I mean, I think the passing game is, is pretty sharp and, um, you know, it's going to get better as the year rolls on. So I think once we look back on this year, um, it may be one of the best passing uh, games that Hampton has had in, in quite some time, at least as far as I've seen. I've been watching Hampton football for at least 20 years now. Um, my second point is that uh, the running game just is not there, uh, and I don't think it's going to be there in any really meaningful way as the year rolls on. I mean, that could change, of course, like anything else, but I just don't think it's in the team's DNA. I mean, I think the passing game works so well. Uh, the linemen excel at passing. I still don't know if Wofford has been sacked this year. Um, so, he hasn't. He oh, he hasn't. still hasn't. So, at three games, he no. hasn't been sacked. So, I mean, the passing game is just clicking. Uh, our number one running back is down for the year. Our, our fill-ins still are trying to get their rhythm. So, you know, you have to be patient with that. And I just don't see the team having that patience at this point in time in the year. So I think the running game, just they're just not going to be a running team this year unless something changes with the personnel. But uh, that's probably not going to happen. Um, I think the starting defense is pretty good. Um, they, you know, they hold up pretty well. They, they, they've started off well against every team they've played this year. I don't know how many points they give up in the first half, but it's, it's been minimal. Um, the drop-off seems to come in the second half for whatever reason, fatigue, focus, big lead. Maybe they're getting tired because, you know, offensive offense is not possessing the ball because of, you know, some three and outs because of the passing game. But I think when the front line starters are, you know, uh, energized and focused, I mean, they, they play very well. So I think that, you know, bowls well for the team. Uh, one thing that they, they do have to work on, of course, and we touched, the pat, touched on last week is just getting some depth. Uh, on the defense. And the other thing, which I don't know if this can change, is just the undisciplined nature of the team at times. Uh, you know, I think uh, during the Richmond game, everyone noticed how bad the officiating was. But, you know, even during the Howard game, there were so many self-inflicted wounds, 12 men in the huddles, holdings, all false starts, offsides, all kind of nonsense. That's just, you know, just uh, shows some a lack of uh, focus, or I don't I don't know what it is, but you know, just too many too many penalties, and it seems to be a trend now. So I, I don't know how you can correct that midseason, and just the penchant to have you know just silly turnovers. So at times the team just loses focus and uh, and lacks discipline. So I, I don't know how that'll be corrected as the year goes on, um, but I do think the team is still well positioned uh, for the postseason. I mean, they still got the whole season ahead of them undefeated in the MEAC. Um, they've proven that they can, you know, score with the best of them, at least at this FCS level. And I think, you know, if they uh, can develop a little bit of a run threat just to take the pressure off the pass game, 
and we know Armstrong at the you know November October is going to be windy and nasty at times. Uh, if they can develop a little bit of a run threat, uh, I think they can win the MIAC, or even better yet, from my perspective, get in that large bid if they can find a way to eke out a win over William and Mary. And if they you know slip up against some other team, I think they can also get in that large bid. So I think they're well positioned. They do some things well. Uh, like the passing game, they can you know focus on their run game and discipline, but I think they're positioned pretty well uh, going forward. Uh, any thoughts on that, Hampton Knight? Anything to add? Oh, man, you actually kind of put everything in perspective. Uh, I'll just say a few little things. <laughs> okay. um, just, just to piggyback off what you said, David Watford probably is one of the best uh, passers we've had in Hampton, uh, Hampton history just for this one year. And I have not seen a guy who could just throw on throw a frozen rope on a third and twenty five and the third and fifteen and score touchdowns. True. That that hasn't happened, not even in a Joe Tiller era. Um, but yeah, the offensive line has been extremely uh productive, no sacks given. I think they do need to establish more of a running presence, but you know, it's, it's still early. I think the starting defense is pretty good. I do think they're undisciplined at times. And also, I think our team discipline is lacking. Um, being at the games, I have noticed Connell Mariner almost pulling his hair out. <laughs> I mean, and he doesn't, he doesn't even have hair. And just, I can tell you, he's very frustrated on just stupid little things. And I hate to say that word, stupid, but it was just, I think sometimes our players can come in either overconfident or sometimes it just seems that they their athletic ability is just more than enough for them to win. And evidently it wasn't enough when they played Richmond. And I just think that I just think that from that the mentality of oh, where Hampton has to has to be at least alleviated for the moment. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I wonder if that overconfidence somehow comes from the coach because if you yeah. watch, you know, you watch all these pregame, midweek yeah. interviews, I mean, you know, Coach Man will tell you they're going to win every game. So there's not a lot of humility coming from the top. So maybe that's trickling down a little bit. <laughs> you know, how many times we got to hear him say we have more bullets? <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. I love his press conferences, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean he, has, he has a wonderful personality. It's similar to Rex Ryan where yeah. he wants the attention on him and not his players. Right. But – I think the players do feed off of that, and it does bite them behind sometimes. Sure, sure, sure. Well, let's hope that doesn't start this week, man. <laughs> let's hope oh, yeah, let's definitely. Hope. <laughs> Great. Yeah, so, again, yeah, good good points as well, man. I I, I think they're on the right right path, especially um, how last year ended. Um, and, you know, they, it has been a, a pretty good start to be two-on-one and still, you know, t- ahead of the MIAC at this point in time. So, uh, so I think we touched on some of these things about the Howard game, but we can, you know, fly through them and talk about, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So uh, I just had a couple good, good things to point out this week. You know, David uh, Watford, he won Offensive Player of the Week again. Uh, I think I think he may have won it already, but he's, he won it this week. And uh, Michael, Michael Young uh, won Offensive Lineman of the Week as well. So uh, that's just proof about that, a passing game again, and how effective it is to have two 
players from that uh, facet of the game when uh, players are weak for the MEAC. And just to piggyback off of that, I noticed during the Howard game, they stopped rushing because they, they, they could not get to Watford. So you would just see three linemen, three down linemen just rushing just to stay there. And they would just drop the rest of the uh, defenders back because they were so afraid of the pass rush. Yeah, true, true, very true, <laughs> very true. Yep, and and that's that. I think that's what we're going to start to see. I mean, because if he blitz, then uh, Mixon he's going over the top. I mean, you know, he he's usually going to catch him except like the one he dropped against Howard. But if you get him one on one against anybody in the conference, you're, you're losing. And Watford will drop it right in the bucket. So I think we're going to see a lot of teams playing coverage. Uh, going, uh, you know, to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the other good part, we won. Uh, we almost doubled Howard up. Uh, score was 37-19. Stopped the four-game losing streak to Howard, which I don't understand how that happened. I mean, I, I'm just not lose, used to losing to those guys. But uh, it doesn't seem like four games. <laughs> but that whole streak is yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> It was Greg McGee. Greg yeah. McGee. I mean, who's currently playing in Canada. That's true. I mean – he, I, I mean, you take him off that team, Howard would not win a game. Yeah, true. And I think he caught Hampton. I think they caught Hampton at its worst, at its, at its worst time. And now since we're starting to rebound, we'll probably it probably will be another fourteen uh, games, just like the streak before they started winning against us. Yeah, it should be. It should be. I mean, we things are. You know, things are coming together slowly. We just need some depth. But, I mean, a front-line talent on both sides, except for maybe running back, uh, they're still trying to work out those kinks. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the program is being built back up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so the offense had a pretty good pretty good day from a yards perspective, 146 – no, 460 yards of total offense and 181 yards rushing. Have some other thoughts about that later on, but those are just great numbers. Kept Howard mm-hmm. off balance uh, throughout the game, and the defense forced five turnovers. Some of them, I, I didn't know what the heck the Howard quarterback was seeing, but uh, they had five turnovers, three interceptions, two fumbles. So defense uh, putting some work uh, against Howard as well. Any any other any other good points to to mention? Oh, um, I would say I do think that we have a really good ball hawking secondary. Oh, true. Um, it's great to have ball hawks, but at times, it could lead to probably uh, positive plays for the offense. Uh, if you're jumping too many routes, obviously the quarterback's going to put it on the money once and the receiver's going to reach the end zone. Um, I also think that whatever the scheme is where the ends could get around the quarterback and the defensive tackles are not getting enough push up the middle, and there's no linebacker to spy. I mean, whatever it is, I think that uh, the defense needs to adjust to that more. And also, um, a couple of things is uh, uh, I do think the secondary does a good job at just keeping the defenders in front of them. And I, I just think that was probably a good reason why they had those four picks uh, Friday night. Very true. And, you know, that's pretty – Interesting because coming into the season, everybody thought the secondary was the uh, was going to be the weak weak link on the entire team. But I mean, they're turning into a strength. Um, all those those transfers are starting to come together. I mean, there is some homegrown talent there, but the transfers are starting to pull it together. So they're pretty deep in the secondary. So that should only get yeah. better. 
Absolutely. Yep. Excellent. Okay. So, of course, there's always room for improvement. So we can talk about, you know, some things the team can improve on from the Howard game. So offense had four turnovers, two interceptions, and all, all the ones at the end of the game, which was that weird thing where we were trying to run out the clock and uh, Howard wouldn't let us run out the clock. So Manny was like, all right, we're going to throw the ball. But that turned into an interception. But uh, still, that was still four turnovers, which was, uh, you know, not good. Um, uh, Dukes, um, Dukes had that first fumble and after that fumble, I don't think he came back into the game. So I think they're trying to get that, get that straightened out, but the four turnovers can't happen. Uh, the rush mm-hmm. offense needs to be improved. There was 181 yards rushing, but it was, it was choppy. It wasn't a, 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 a you know, really, a, a cohesive run game. Um, you know, just a big run here, big run there, but it wasn't like, hey, we're going to put our heads down and get three, four yards and run this game out. Um, so um, they need to work on just still, again, the overall cohesion of the run game. And um, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I think, you know, when you beat someone 37-19, there's not much to complain about. Anything else to add there? Um, I would just say that, um, just like what you said, the – the Russian attack was pretty was pretty I would say weak. Um and I do think that um there I do think I did see uh Maynard put uh Chase Powell in on a lot of jet sweeps and a lot of off tackle plays and a couple countered plays. And I think those were uh ways that I think those were pretty much the breakout plays that we had from the running back position. Yeah. Were were through those plays. But um, I do think that I just think the running backs need a little bit more help into getting to the secondary or just getting to the next level. And I do think that uh, Dukes sometimes kind of kind of uh, shifts way too much once he hits the hole. We just need you to get inside, get inside that hole, right. get to that next level. That's right. And I I think that's Garrett's game as well. But I do think that Garrett probably. Uh, he just does not have that burst just to get through that hole, unlike uh, Carter. Right, right, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That's like right on, and I think that's that's going to make it difficult to uh, just get it going. Um, yeah, yeah, just 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 the running styles may not uh, fit what they're trying to do up front. There's always seemed to be something. And Powell, I think, was number ten, right? I mean, he was he was fast, yes. but. I mean, he wasn't running to the right holes, man. <laughs> I think a, yeah. couple, a couple of his runs resulted in holding calls for the offensive line because it's supposed yeah. to go through the two hole. He ran through the four, and the lineman trying to grab the catch up. So, you know, exactly. <laughs> and, and shout out, shout out to Captain Silver on that because he caught he he was the one who actually uh, actually uh, saw that. That's true. And yeah, you're absolutely right on that. Yep. So work in progress, work in progress. But uh but again, not too much to complain about there with Beat Howard. So uh let's see, let's run down some of the MEAC scores. It wasn't a great week, but we had some there were some good wins for the conference this week. Uh North Carolina lost to Florida International. And I'm not sure if you saw, but they had two two big losses uh during that game. I think they lost their starting cornerback who was like a FCS uh, preseason all American. And they mm-hmm. lost a wide out too. They're starting wide out, so that, that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. Yeah, they they got the check, but they got some 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 injuries on that one. 
Um, yeah, I mean, when you don't balance your checkbook, this is what happens. That's right. <laughs> yeah, not good. So, yeah, they're going to be hurting from that. But, you know, I, living down here in Carolina, I, I've seen Central up close. I mean, they've, they've got a good program to watch out for, too. So, I mean, it's not going to be a huge loss. They can make up for it, but it, it still hurts. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, A&T, they beat Elon at their place, at Elon's place, 14-7. to So you beat a CAA team at their house. I don't care who it is. That's a big win for for A and T. Um, Norfolk State lost a big one to Marshall, forty five to seven. Although that game started out pretty pretty well, the way uh, Norfolk State um, came out the gates, would have took an early lead on that one. But oh yeah, then couldn't Absolutely. finish it up. But uh, yeah, they're starting well against these uh, F- FBS teams. And uh, Savannah State loses to Akron, fifty two to nine. Have they won the game? Did they win a game last year? I think they beat somebody. Uh, you know, if it was, it probably was a Division II school. And, I'm not, and I know they lost to Port Valley State uh, last year. And uh, Port Valley State is, I think they're a pretty strong program for the SIC. But, yeah, Savannah State, I mean, I know they got our ex-coach with, uh, with was it Gibbons, uh, um, Ernest? Wilson. Oh, was it Wilson? Ernest Wilson, yeah. Yep. And I... I mean, that's a recruiting rich area. I just don't understand how they have not turned it around, at least been competitive in the MEAC so far. Yeah, just a, a stigma, I guess. And I don't know what their facilities look like or anything, but I, maybe the stigma and when you go visit the campus, maybe there's some some main right. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, w- I wouldn't say. I think they have actually pretty good facilities. I mean, the stadium the stadium is pretty much new. I just think it could be bigger, but heck, look at our stadium. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> right. I, I just think that they're probably going to have to put more resources into the program, right. which we haven't seen so far. Right. So, yeah, they got to find a way to print money, I guess, like the rest of us. That, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Yeah, that's so. That's our MEAC wrap up. Um, you know, and the Hampton is one and zero in the conference. I'm not sure if anyone else has paid it. Oh yeah, South Carolina State is also, I think, one and zero in the conference. Mm-hmm. So we're still on top. <laughs> so uh, next week, another big rival rivalry game. We got no folks, State University, and <laughs> <laughs> the Battle of the Bay. Um, you know, no folks State. Uh, they I don't think they won a game yet, but they played. Three tough teams um, in every game they've been pre- uh, competitive, especially early in the game. I think Old Dominion that they were that that game was competitive all throughout, but the other two games against Rutgers and uh, Marshall they got out to early leads. So I mean they can play, um, so it's not going to be a, a cakewalk this week. Um, yes, yeah. they've been check chasing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, last week, last year we lost to them twenty-one to thirteen at Armstrong. They had that quarterback, Irvin, who just tore us up, man. But luckily, maybe luckily, he's not there this year. So we got to yeah, face a new yes, quarterback. Yeah, he's left the program. Yeah, and their new quarterback is pretty good. Yes, yes, I, he I is. Might add. He is good. He's good. So he's going to have some – it's going to be a challenge for the secondary and, and grooms to get some pressure, the whole D-line to get some pressure mm-hmm. in the secondary to come up with some more turnovers. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, yeah, I mean, Norfolk State's been competitive. Um, that's not a shock. I mean – once they hired Coach Scott, um, Latrell Scott, um, uh, we I knew that they were going to be a good team because he's a good coach, top-notch coach. 
and uh, you know, seems to be. I hate the cliches, but you know, turning things around. And um, so he's going. He's going to get Norfolk State. You know, on top. And at some point in time, and I think you know with with Maynard and Scott, I mean, you might have the two best coaches mm-hmm. in the conference. It might be early to say, but um, I think we've got we're going to see two good coaches this week in the Battle of the Bay. Oh, um, oh, definitely. Um, and just to piggyback off of that, uh, Latrell Scott is a, a Joe Taylor disciple. Sure. Is. So. You know, you you know when you hear that, you hear somebody who I would say plays smart football. He his players are extremely disciplined, and he will run a good program. But to much of my chagrin, uh, <laughs> he is going against uh, his alma mater, and I do think that Maynard's offensive prowess will pretty much make this game extremely competitive. Yes, extremely. Yep. And you know, that's a, that's that is what is going to set Hampton apart from the rest of the conference. I mean, they have some other weaknesses, but you know, typically MIAC offenses aren't this skilled at the passing game. So, I think that's going to give us a leg up um going here on out and especially against Norfolk State as well. So, I mean, I think it'll be competitive, you know, for even if, you know, teams weren't on up and up, it will still be competitive no matter what. But we've actually got some good players, good coaching. So I'm expecting a good game. But uh, I am hoping this is the week the team focuses and puts together a good game and uh, we can pull it out. So that's what what my expectations are. And I think we're Mm going to beat no folks state this year. I don't have have a score, but we're going to win. You know what? I do think we're going to win, but I think this is the issue. We're playing at um, we're playing at uh, what's the name of their stadium? Uh, what they call a Big Dick Price Stadium? Yes, yes. Ooh. Yeah, that's what, that's, yes. That's what they yeah. call. It. <laughs> they they do not call it that. Yeah, I've heard it. <laughs> wow. I've okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're going to be at Dick Price. Yeah. And I I know Norfolk State crowd their alums are very raucous especially when we play them at Ethel's Hall for basketball. Yeah. I I do feel that our team is unfazed by that type of atmosphere and I think that Norfolk Staters will be expecting that St. Hampton team from last year, even though they know that they're better. I do think Hampton wins in a squeaker, uh, because I and I will say this too. Their quarterback uh, Hankerson is uh, is pretty good. He is. I mean, he's just as accurate as David Watford. I think David Watford is getting all this acclaim because we're playing teams on our level. But I do think Greg Hankerson is just as good as David Watford. I do think their offense is just as potent. I mean, but we they've been playing FBS competition, and as, you know the defense is already stout. So I do think it will be a close game, and I do think that Hampton will pull it off late. And I think the reason what gives Hampton the actual uh, fuel or the ammunition to win late, I think it will be Mixon, Rayshard Riddick, and I would say Saquon bidding over the middle. And if it turns into a shootout, Hampton wins, right. hands down. Yep. If it's a defensive struggle, 
I think Hampton still will win because their offense isn't as potent as uh, Hampton's. Right. Yep. I agree. I agree. Yeah. No. Nobody has Mixon. I think Mixon is the is the difference maker. I mean, nobody can guard. Yes. Nobody can guard him. I mean, he can score on any play, and and that's mm-hmm. it will happen. This happened every game this year. So. You know, where he's made big game changing plays. So I'm expecting that again against no folks this year. So yeah, should, should be interesting. Absolutely. I plan on being there, so I'll I'll, I'll have hopefully some sideline commentary to give from that game. <laughs> so, oh man, I'm yeah. jealous. Yep. Should should be interesting. So but uh that's 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 it for me, man. I think we broke things down this week. Any anything else to add? You know, thanks for, for joining, man. But any other thoughts, closing thoughts? Oh no! I think we're I think we pretty much uh, uh, said it all. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. So, from the uh, HU Pirate ship representing the the only HU, I'm Big Reek and uh, Hamptonite, and we'll catch up with you guys next week.